Today, we're going to look on page, 1, 000, page 170 and, uh, in the book of Deuteronomy. And I want to, before I read these verses, uh, there's a poem that, uh, now I don't, you know, John writes poems. I do well just to remember a poem. John, he writes them and quotes them, but I'm not gifted that way. But I do have a few poems that somewhere along life's way, I heard, I read, or whatever, and they've just kind of stuck with me. And one of these poems, you've, you've heard it endless times, about one ship sails east and the other sails west by the same self winds that blow. Tis the set of sails and not the gales that determines which way they go. Now, how many of you have already heard that poem before? Well, not as many as I thought. Well, now, if I ask that question again, everybody raise their hand. Listen at that poem, because that poem is really a metaphor of your life and my life and everybody's life. One ship sails east, another ship sails west by the same self winds that blow. Tis the set of sails and not the gales that determines which way they go. Now, why that poem has stuck with me all these years, I know not. But that poem is so very true. In other words, how you... And how I set my sails determines where in life we go. And the Bible over and over and over teaches that. But on page 170 in the book of Deuteronomy. Now Deuteronomy is not one of these books that you probably can't wait to get home tonight to read. But it is a great, great book. You say, what's the book about? Well, actually what it's about, it's, it's really the farewell sermons, if I can say it that way. The theologians would say the farewell addresses, but I, I'm going to stick, I'm a preacher, I'm just going to say sermons. Moses had gotten to be about 120 years of age at this point, and he knew he was about to leave life, and so what he did, he kind of preached these farewell sermons, and it's like a second law, but actually it's not a second law. In fact, that's what the book, the word Deuteronomy actually literally means it's like a second law. What, what it is, it's, it's really the first law that God gave at Sinai, but it's expanded. It's uh, kind of fleshed out a little bit. And so he, he has all these things to say, and it's very, very interesting. And the purpose in this was Moses wanted the children of Israel that would ultimately go into the promised land to realize why their parents were not going to go into the promised land. You see, their parents had been disobedient to God in their journey out of Egypt to the promised land. And because of that, uh, only two of that group actually made it that left Egypt that went in the promised land. And all the rest of them died out in the wilderness. And here this new generation comes along. And so what Moses is doing is saying, look, I want you to learn from your mommy and your daddy uh, I want you to understand how important it is that you obey God because that determines how things work out for you. So that little background brief, but look in chapter 11, look on page 170 down in verse number 26. The Bible says, here's Moses talking to the children of God. He says, behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. See, one way is a way of blessing. Another way is a way of curse. Life's that way. You know, one way of, is a way of blessing, the other is not. And he says, here's the deal. The blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God, which I command you today. 
And the curse, if you do not obey the commands of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I command you today to go after other gods which you have not known. So I could have chosen other scripture to teach the very same thing, but the Bible is very, very clear. If we live our life as God teaches in his word, uh, you know, we'll have our sails set right and we'll go where we need to go and where God wants us to go, and where we'll be glad we went. If, if we just ignore what the Word of God says, we set ourselves another way, the wrong way, and it works out the wrong way. And so what I want to do today is talk a little bit about some very practical, specific things you and I can do to set ourselves. All of us are in life. We're in life. We're different places in life, etc. Understand that. But the fact is, we're all somewhere in the journey of life. And it is so important that daily, that daily, we do some things that, if I can say it this way, that literally set ourselves so that we will go the way of the Lord and experience what God has for us. Now, so I mentioned these things. As Jimmy said he could only tune in to the, one of the things I mentioned. Well, I'm going to mention two or three things very quickly, but there are things we need to do every day. One of all, I want to encourage you every day, begin every day reading and praying Psalm 119, verse 18. Now, if you turn back in your Bible to pay, or turn over, forward, to page 545, I want you to see the verse. I can quote the verse. It's one of my 10 verses. Go to that longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. Are we all going? It's on page 545. I've already looked it up for you, but on, on page 545, you'll finally get to Psalm 119, the longest psalm in the Bible. And uh, if you look down in verse number uh, 18, here's the verse. This is, this is one of my daily 10 verses. In fact, it's verse number three. I have two other verses before I get to this verse. But every day, and I know the verse, I can quote the verse. I'm sure most of you can quote the verse. But I want my eyes to see God's Word, black ink on white paper in my Bible. It helps me to see things. I'm still like a yellow pad guy. Now, I, I know how to turn the computer on and off, but I still like to read books I can hold. And uh, I'm not saying that's the better way. I'm just saying that's the way I do it, and I'm not going to change. Okay, now... Uh, some of you can relate to that. But look at this verse. And this is my verse number three. I read this verse every morning, and I pray this verse every morning. God, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Now, here's, here's the deal. When I read that verse, I know I'm about. Now, that's verse number three, so I have seven more verses to go. I have these ten verses that I read every morning. And I have them in the order in which I think, for me, I need them. Now, I don't encourage you to necessarily adopt my ten verses or even maybe have ten. Maybe you need three or four or two or whatever. But I've just learned that there's certain things I need to do to get myself ready spiritually for the day. Okay? And the first verse, by the way, that I read is 1 John chapter 1, verse number 9. 
And then I read a verse over in Proverbs that kind of parallels that very same verse. But we won't go into all of that. The point is, I know when I read that verse that in a few minutes, I'm going to be reading the Word of God, what I've assigned myself to read for that day. Not in sermon preparation. I separate the two. You know, I, I encourage you, if you're a Sunday school teacher, uh, don't let your quiet time be your preparation for your lesson. They, now, you may have a good quiet time preparing your lesson. Uh, you may not. If you don't, probably you'll have some people in your class on Sunday that will have a good quiet time while you teach your lesson. But anyway, that's a horse of another color. But when I read that, I say, now, God, today I'm going to be reading some verses that I've assigned myself to read as I read through the Bible. And God, I'm asking you today, as I read these verses that I'm about to read, would you just open my eyes? And show me some wondrous things, some wonderful things in your word. I, I want to just say this to you. Now, you'll memorize that verse very quickly. Open my eyes that I may see. You say, what do you mean, open your eyes? Do you, you know, my eyes are open when I read the Bible. I'm not just talking about our physical eyes. I'm talking about opening my spiritual eyes. So when I read the word of God, I see things that perhaps I've maybe never seen before. Or I see things that I have seen before that I need to see again. All right. That, now, that helps me set my sails for the day. Number two thing that will help you set your sails for the day is throughout the day. Now, listen to me. Throughout the day, confess your sins when you commit them. Now, the Bible teaches us, we'll not turn, but in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, which is my first verse every morning, if we confess our sins, I read it, and I'll quote it now for time's sake, but I, hope, I turn over to 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Okay, so I know before I do anything, I need to confess my sins. Now, that's early in the morning. You know, hopefully by the time I get up, and take a shower and get dressed and go to have my quiet time, I've not sinned much. Surely by that time of morning, I've not done badly. Maybe, you know, I don't know how many, have you ever thought how many times you sin a day? Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, it, it, well, you say not much. I'm doing, well, let's just say this. Let's just say that you don't sin. I'm going to make all of you saints three times a day. That means from the time you wake up to lunch, one time. From lunch to the evening meal, two times. From the evening meal to bedtime, three times. Man, you this three times a day. That means in a course of a day, you don't think something, say something, or do something that fails to measure up to God's standard. It fails. That's a sin. Sins when we say, think, or do things that make God unhappy. That's how I teach the boys and girls. We don't measure up to God's standard. But now, three times a day, well, that would be tremendous. But now let's think about that. If you just sin three times a day, in case some of you have already tuned me out, let me assure you, you do way worse than this, and so do I. But if we just could get to three, that's over a thousand sins a year. Now, I'm 76. They, they, they can't find my birth certificate. I can't be 76. But anyway, they say I am. Okay. Well, that would be 76,000 sins a, in my life if I just sin three times a day. The point is we all sin more than we realize we do. Now, here's the kicker, though. <laughs> Throughout the day, when you're aware that you've sinned, immediately, on the spot, confess that sin to God. What does it mean to confess? It means you agree with God. It's not like God didn't know it and you told him. You just agree with God. God, I just, my attitude on that was not right, Lord. I, I thought something I shouldn't have thought. I'm saying this to you. When you become aware that you have sinned, don't wait till you get home to confess your sins. 
Don't say, look, I'll do that in the morning in my quiet time. Hey, if you got a speck in your eye this morning about 10 o'clock, you would not wait until tonight when you went home to get the speck out. You'd get the speck out as quickly as you could. The key is this. You say, well, what do I do if I'm out on 45 and, and, it, and it, it, it comes to my mind I've sinned? Well, don't, what you do, confess it with your eyes open, okay? <laughs> don't bow your head and go to praying out there. No, you don't have to close your eyes to say, God, I shouldn't have acted that way. I shouldn't have done that. Or I should have done whatever. Confess your sins the moment the Holy Spirit makes you aware of them. And I'll tell you what that does. It really prepares us for the day. Then third thing to do. We're just talking about some very, look, this is real stuff. I want to go the right way. You want to go the right way, and you want to have God's blessings. Well, what do you have to do? Set your sails. Number one, what do you do? <laughs> you start your day reading God's Word and praying this psalm. Open my eyes, I may see wondrous things. You know, Number two, when you are aware that you have sinned, you've displeased God, you've not measured up to God's standard, we do it every day, immediately just say, Lord, I, 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 you know, I, I blew that one. I, I, I just ask you to forgive me. And, and God helped me to go a better way than that. And the Lord knows your heart and he'll do it. Number three, here's one. Speak words throughout the day that please God. <laughs> Boy, turn over to page or turn to page 489. You'll be turning back. We're still in the book of Psalms. I want you to see this verse. We don't normally move around this much. Turn to page 489. You'll be in Psalm 19. I'm trying to get there as well. Psalm number 19. Not 119, but Psalm 19. And it's verse 14. This is a great verse. It says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, your sight, God. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. By the way, that's one of my ten verses, too. I, I need to probably read that verse at the front and the end because we get in a lot of trouble, all of us, with our words. But look, what it, look this is a serious verse. Let the word, every word I speak and everything I meditate in my heart, these, they, don't even, they don't even get verbalized, be acceptable. NIV translates that, be pleasing to you, O God, my Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer. In other words, I, you know, through the day, I ask God, God, help me today that my words will be pleasing to you. And it's so easy to mess up in that point. You know, there's another verse. We'll not turn to it for time's sake. But over in the book of Ephesians in chapter 4 and verse 29, it says that our words, uh, they're, to, they're to build people up. Not tear people down. And uh, words are such a powerful thing. We, we had a, I did a Tuesday Bible lunch on words a few weeks ago. But re words really are. Someone can just say something and bless your day. But somebody can say something and mess up your day. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, it's just, ooh. I mean, we do it, they do it, and the power of words. But just, just say, God, I'm, I'm going to, in fact, I read that verse. That's, I buried, I, can, I didn't bury, I preached the funeral last Saturday from one of, our, one of our members that was 96 and a half years of age. Uh, a godly, sweet lady. And I learned as I met with her family something I didn't know. She was in one of our Sunday school classes. Now, she had not been able to come for about the past two and a half years. But until then, she was in a Sunday school class taught by Helen Snyder. Some of you old-timers remember Helen, godly lady. But I didn't know this. Every Sunday morning, that group of ladies, when the Sunday school lesson came to an end, they joined hands. Now, I didn't know this. This is really good. And they said together, Psalm 19, verse 14, that says very simply, May the words of my mouth 
and the meditation of my heart be accepted in thy sight, O Lord, my strength. I thought, you know, that might be a good thing for us to do in church on Sunday. Right at the end, say, hey, folks, we're fixing to get out of here now. And we're going to all go to talking. So far, I've been the one doing the talking. But we're fixing to turn you loose now. Your tongue's fixing to be in high gear. And we'll join hands every Sunday. Oh, don't worry, I'm not going to do this. Many people quit coming to church. But say, God, when we leave this place, well, hey, be a good thing to do before we leave our house in the morning. Be a good thing to do when we wake up. I mean, our, our words, the, the, the key is that they please God, that they please God. And, you know, I won't redo a thing I've already done, but there's a lot of little ways you can kind of have accountability to that. But let me mention one other thing you can do to set your sails to live like God wants you to live. Be a blessing to somebody each day. Just be a blessing to somebody each day. That, that ought to be a prayer of our heart. You know, in, in the book of Galatians, th- there's a beautiful verse, says, as we have opportunity. And during the day, you'll have some opportunity to be a blessing to somebody. Uh, let us do good to all, especially the household of faith. So, you know, every day we just say, now God, as I go through this day, you're going to place people in my life, some of which have needs, some of which are going through things. I may not even got, not know what they are. I may not even know the people. But God, would you help me today to be a blessing to somebody? And it's amazing. I fear, this is an honest confession, uh, I fear that I'm on the receiving end of that more than I'm on the giving end of that. And I work at trying to do that. I mean, all of us want to be a blessing, but... When that happens to me, it just, uh, it just inspires me to say, hey, I've just, I've just been blessed by someone doing the very thing they've just done. They've been a blessing to me. And God, that reminds me, I need to do likewise. Now, I had this happen the most recent time, Sunday night. The most recent time, Sunday night. I don't remember anybody particularly blessing me in any way yesterday. I'm sure they did. I just probably missed it. But Sunday night, most amazing thing. After church, we kind of had a, we're having these summer Sunday night fellowships. And Sunday night pass was watermelon. And outside, we had all these wet games for the kids. You know, the stuff they like to do in the water. Well, we did place. And you, if you remember, Sunday night after church, uh, it kind of cooled off. And there's a little breeze out there. And we also welcomed Josh and Amanda and their kids who kind of had a joint thing here. But anyway, I went outside to just kind of see what was going on. Dottie was with me. And we're just out there looking and bumped into Josh and talked a little bit. and Looked at the kids, what they were doing. And here's what happened. Most amazing thing happened. Uh, I saw in my peripheral vision a lady moving toward me. Now that always scares me. <laughs> you see... When I'm, like right now, I'm protected. I'm up here, and you have to climb up here to get me, okay? But when I get out in the crowd like that, if anybody has a bone to pick, or wants to tell me how to better pastor the church, and I probably need to know without a question. But, I mean, that's a good, you know, I know it. When I get in the bunches, you know, I'm going to be very vulnerable, and I just need to understand that because it cannot be good. But let me tell you, Sunday night, what happened. It was the most amazing thing. I see this lady coming. I know this lady. Uh, she's been a member here, to my knowledge, as long as I've been here. I may be wrong on that, but uh, she's been here a long time. But I see her coming. 
I don't in all these years ever remember probably 60 seconds of actual conversation with this particular person. Faithful, one of the most faithful members of our church, but they work in an area that I'm not around much. And, and they just, you know, I'm just never in their path or something. Well, this lady walks up to me and she said, I need to talk to you just a minute. I said, well, sure. And I had heard she was moving to, to another state and uh, to be near family. And I said, hey, I, I've heard you're moving and you, you're one of my most faithful members. We're going to really miss you. And we are. She said, well, I'm going to, it's moving's hard and the hardest thing is leaving my church. That lady loves this church. But she said, that's not really what I want to talk to you about. She said, I, I had planned to write you a letter. And then she said this, and I still believe I will do that. I didn't know I was going to bump in you out here tonight. But I want to just tell you what a blessing you have been to my life all these years. And I thought, well, I've been preaching all these sermons. Why hadn't you come by and told me they was good sermons? <laughs> and then she began to be very specific. And, you know, when she finished, I didn't have a dry eye. She didn't have a dry eye. And I thought, here's this godly sweet lady. I didn't even know that I'd been much of a ble- I didn't know I hadn't been, but I just did. And, but what she was doing, she was just being a blessing to me. And she said, finally, I'll write you and say more later. Now, when I walked away from that, I appreciate what the lady said. But let me tell you the good thing about that. It just was a challenge to me. I thought, here's this sweet lady that just walked over and shared her heart about something. And I probably today have walked by no telling how many people that I should have said something to be a blessing to them. So I'm not going to dump false guilt on me. I'm just saying this. Folks, listen to me. One thing all of us can do is be a blessing to somebody every day. Could I have an amen to that? Father God, there's a lot of day left here today, God. And we'll all be around people. But God, not in some artificial way or just because we had a little talk about it down at Tuesday Bible Lodge. God, would the Holy Spirit show us real things? God, we, we want to we wanna be real. We don't want to be fake and phony. We don't want to try to look like we're something. God, just in a, in a very genuine, sincere way, would the Holy Spirit today in our going and coming help us today, even today, to be a blessing to somebody Now, God bless everyone in this room. You know every person here, every need here. God, thank you for Tuesday Bible Lunch. Thank you we can come and just kind of be reminded of what the Bible says and make us today, help us live that in Jesus' name. Amen.